0: Greetings and aloha. Welcome to another edition of the Holistic Human Optimization Show. I am your host, Ronnie Landis. This is the final episode in Series 2 on the Life Force Principles, and this episode is perfectly positioned at the tail end of this, and this is going to be a deep dive into a variety of concepts relating to sexual alchemy, sexual energy, relationship dynamics, masculine, feminine polarities, and we're also going to be talking about some of the corruption that has occurred within the sexual template of the both the masculine and the feminine, I would say particularly in the masculine, but has also invaded the templating of the feminine energetically speaking, because again, as we've talked about in some some episodes, I think, is that there's a social engineering component to why we do what we do, why we have compulsive behaviors, impulsive behaviors, why we can't seem to just embody the higher virtuous qualities of who and what we know we really are and maximize our human potential. And one of those impulses, one of the biggest impulses, the biggest drives is the creative and procreative drive of sexuality, and so we're going to actually be doing as we as we get to the concluding theme of this talk, we're going to be talking about pornography, and uh, that's going to be a deep dive and hopefully very revealing and um, something that we can all become a little more conscious about because ultimately a lot of these life force principles and these ideas are a about cultivating life force, but they're also about seeing where the leaks in our life force energy are from all directions, and then not just plugging up those holes, but developing a level of self-mastery. So those holes transmute what was once a wound or a trauma, because again, these things, these behaviors that are self-defeating, they have their inception point in wounding and trauma. So we're going to go deeper into that, but We have some other territory to go into right now. I just want to take a moment here because this topic and these themes are very near and dear to my heart. These are, um, you know, for me as a man and moving through the journey of my own masculinity, my own life journey, as many of us can relate, you know, relationships the the emotionality that comes with it the the desire for you know having that that partner um you know that complement that counterpart um relationships as a whole these are some of the biggest issues that plague most people myself included for many many years simply because we don't necessarily understand Simple dynamics of polarity. We might be embodying a different type of energy or navigating through a different type of energy that is not fully embodied or integrated. And when we get into certain relationships with um, the opposite polarity—same sex or opposite sex—doesn't matter—we oftentimes stumble against what we call triggers or different dynamics that that would otherwise be harmonious but create disharmonious. Circumstances, <clears throat> and we also have a misappropriation or a misuse of our sexual energy, a misunderstanding of our sexual energy for sure. As a culture, um, this is a monumental issue, and leading to so many issues and so many imbalances and so much pain. Um, bottom line, and I know for me, being really having that lover archetype. Inside of me, and also being raised by pretty much women. I have men in my life, like my grandfather, but I didn't really have a father figure, and I didn't have like a a really appropriate uh, initiation from boyhood into manhood. These are all things that I had to learn on my own, largely. And also, you know, being raised by women, I kind of had an imbalanced perspective of what it was to be a man. Um, And I got all this different imagery, symbolism, cultural motifs or interpretations of what that meant. All these different stories and things that really honestly were just just corrupted software programs. And I had to evolve all of this. I'm still very much in that process. That's why this topic in particular, I wanted to take some time before getting to it because it it really deserves – It deserves the space and it deserves the consideration of many different talking points, many different things to dive into that, um, you know, I guess the typical topic of sexual energy or masculine feminine or whatever doesn't necessarily really get into. And we are going to get into it because the point and purpose of this is ultimately about cultivating life energy. That is the theme. That is the focus. So everything that we talk about here is in service of that prime directive, whether you're a man or a woman, it's really irrelevant. So, you know, there's a number of bullet points here that I'm I'm sifting through and I have a particular direction that I want to go into. I think first where I want to start is around the idea of relationships or relating ships. Now, one thing, I was having a conversation with a good friend of mine. He's a pretty well-known um, spiritually-focused YouTube teacher. And we were having a talk the other day about the fact that we live in a world right now that is changing and that all the paradigms and ideas and boxes and, and, and identifications – that we've had around relationships are completely not just dissolving or dismantling. I don't want to say that. Um, I would just say that we have more options of how to, I guess, contextualize our relationship dynamics than we ever did before. For example, just like in the dietary world, I make the point that in the first time in human history, we are in a space where we can actually choose the kind of dietary approach that we want. That was not a possibility for most of history. This is a very recent thing. So it can lead to a lot of confusion as to what the appropriate diet is, ultimately because for the first time in human history, you can actually decide what that is for you. We never had that option before. Well, very similar in relationships as well. You have so many different contexts for relationships. You have monogamy between a man and a woman. You have the same thing and all the other, you know, same sex and all the different gender roles that are playing out right now that never really occurred before. You have open relationships, you have different subcategories of all that. There's so many different dynamics. And then also you have this interesting culture that really just has prided itself in a lot of ways on freedom, sexual liberation. Um, All these things, and I'm not saying that that is right or wrong, but what I will say is that there are encrypted software programs built into the mainframe of our social conditioning around all of this, and one of those things is this idea of, um, uh, you'd use the word promiscuous was was a word, and from the feminist perspective, and I won't go too deep into that because that's a whole rabbit hole in itself but from the feminist perspective that whole thing came about which was like okay well now women are sexually liberated women can just you know hook up with men and do their thing and just like just like men right it's a whole it's a whole idea of like equality and 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 outcome equality and having the same rights and everything as men which is just another competitive dualistic perspective not based on biology not based on the fundamental uniqueness Of men and women. Um, Again, not saying it's right or wrong, but I'm getting to a very important point that I hope will sober all of us as we navigate these different ideas around relationship and especially this idea around sexual liberation because to me, sexual liberation is not about sleeping with whomever you want. It's about liberating your kundalini sexual life force, which Amazingly, to me, in our, our surface level culture, people don't really understand. They just like look at it like, oh, that means I can just I can just have sex with anybody I want. We're going to talk about why that is a dangerous, slippery slope. Um, and most of you that listen to this show immediately, you probably resonate with that. You're like, yeah, uh, that mm, that's that's energetically not the cleanest approach. And most people, in their heart, they do want to be. In a sacred union, people that are conscious, I should say. Whatever context of that you look into, again, I don't want to go into that. That's not the, the point of this. Um, I'm not here to make anything right or wrong. It's all an exploration. We go through the, the journey of self discovery through exploring different formalities of how we're going to relate to the opposite sex or the opposite polarity. Ultimately, what I'm going to get into, and I'm probably going to have to transition off this point for now. Um, um, actually, no, I don't need a transition because this leads in perfectly now that I'm looking at kind of the, the breakdown of my notes. The first thing I'll talk about is that from that perspective, since I got on that, let's just go into this. So in quantum physics, there's something called entanglement theory. Entanglement theory is basically where, um, let's call it energy or the Field, we've you know we haven't talked about this. I've I've recorded ahead in a in the next series. I recorded two episodes ahead of this. So when you get into the next two episodes in the next series, I talk a lot about the quantum field. I talk a lot about my experience with entheogens and actually coming face to face with what's called the unified field. Um, we talk about a lot of different things around quantum mechanics. So that might make a little more sense leading to this. Ultimately, what the entanglement theory is is that. Once two things or two, what's called photons, packets of light energy, which is ultimately what powers your cells, they're called biophotons. That's a life force in your cells. Essentially, we're running on light frequencies. Um, when one two, when two things or organisms are connected, they are now entangled, although they may be physically separate. So this is, also brings in the, the, the idea of non-locality, which means that, you can project your consciousness in different locations, meaning you could think about somebody, you're physically in a location, but your energy, your consciousness energy, can also be operating in a completely different location. Um, ESP, extrasensory perception, things of this nature, this has all been measured and documented for decades now, so this is not theory. But the entanglement phenomenon is that Energy gets entangled, meaning that it gets gets connected, basically. And this is the perspective I want to bring when it comes to the entanglement of our physical, emotional, psychic, and sexual energy. Because when we connect to another human being and you connect your flesh and you have sex, you are becoming one, right? It's not just a physical act. There's an energetic component, deeply energetic component, but somebody may be numb, right? And a lot of times we use sex as a numbing modality to tranquilize deep emotions or repressed emotions um, or because we want to feel something or we want to move out of a um, an energy that maybe doesn't feel good, say like you broke up with a partner or you're in between a situation and then you end up hooking up with someone because... Um, for all manners of reasons, but ultimately, it's it's to numb or to medicate. That's usually what happens. Um, but anyways, so what they've done in experiments is there's a twin photon experiment, which is also interesting when I think of the twin flame concept as well. The twin photon experiment is basically um, basically an idea, and you can look this up. It's really fascinating. When I think of when you when you when again the idea of photons packets of light energy they've done experiments where they've had packets they've had the photons those photons were were joined at one point then they were separated and they've done experiments where they've used mazes for example don't ask me how they did this but then one photon would be directed in a particular direction at the exact same point in time, the other photon did exactly the same thing, right? This is a spontaneous thing. It's not. It, it actually dismantles the whole idea of energy moves at the speed of light. It's actually energy moves at the speed of spontaneity or the speed of the moment. It's automatic. It's, it's, it's synchronized essentially is what I'm saying. And so when we parabond with another human being, we are synchronizing our energies together. And people that have been deep into this, this and have studied sacred sexuality and, and um, you know the, the topics around this, you'll know that when you connect with another person, you can start to feel that person if you're clear enough with yourself in your own space, you can tell when certain energies are pervading your energy field, your mind, your emotions, and you can tell when they're not yours, right? I've had this experience multiple times, but in one relationship in particular, which would fit underneath the twin flame concept, which is an entire episode in of itself. Um, but there is a twin effect. So when we say we are becoming one, That is a literal statement and that is really the the more the sacred interpretation of sex and intercourse is becoming one with another individual and you're parabonding and you're becoming bonded to that individual. Now, one other side, I want to make a side note about this, particularly for women. Now, the way that this energy influences the energy field of a woman and a man is, is a little bit different. Men do not physically take on the energy of women. They take on within the man's energy field. This is why if a man is spreading his seed far and wide, he's um, promiscuous, he's really he's not, really a, he's not c- concentrating and focusing and nurturing that life force energy, then he can have psychological and emotional issues. He can become overly emotional, more estrogenic than normal. And he can have a lot of problems in that way. And that also bonds him to the emotions of the other woman, right? This is why, this is also why it can be so hard to separate ourselves in a, a relationship that may be toxic, that may not be serving us. And oftentimes, the reason we do magnify to another person is not because. Of, there, there's probably love there. There might be love there or the potential of love. But on the surface, the, the highly charged polarity magnetism oftentimes is really just a reflection of what one or the other person is missing within themselves and is being reflected through the other person. So if this is not consciously understood, then we can entangle ourselves with another person and it's really wound bonding. It's trauma bonding, and if we're conscious about it, we can utilize these scenarios as a way for personal growth and evolution in a way that is serving both individuals. But if we're just acting on primal instincts and just parabonding, and then just emotionally being bonded back and forth with that person, even though rationally we know, hey, this this is not good, this is not serving me or you, and it's just a lot of pain and triggering, and if we don't know how to do the work within this container, we need to separate ourselves from the container. That is easier said than done. And it's it's largely because of this entanglement photon thing, right? That that's going on here. Um, <clears throat> this parabonding effect. And so many relationship dynamics. Are based entirely on that. And then there's relationship dynamics that are based on social constructs, right? Now, let me, let me um, finish this point I was mentioning. So for the man, this is extremely detrimental psychologically and emotionally. Ultimately, that becomes a spiritual compromise because you're not lined up mentally, emotionally, physically, and you're physically addicted to the emotional response patterns and it triggers the stress response, which can be energizing, adrenalizing, but ultimately it's detrimental to your health and your spiritual direction. And then for women, this is even more damaging because the woman actually physically takes on the energetics of the man that she is with. And I could I could cite articles in newfound research that makes that point so clear on a level that I don't know who's listening to this. I don't know if there are, um, you know, teenagers or whomever that's listening to this. There's certain details I won't get into because it, it is quite alarming how deep this can be. But let's just say that there has been there has been research that has c- correlated that the more men that a woman intercourses with, the more of the the personality traits. And even to the level of the DNA of the man that's in the woman. Okay, so the woman actually takes on the physical energy of the man that she is in sexual relation with. And um, yeah, so that that right there is extremely revealing and shows why it can be very damaging and very challenging to remove ourselves. From a scenario or a situation in a person, especially when two people are um, not really too conscious about this kind of thing and they're just running on emotion and they're running on um, just really primal instinct and then they haven't solved or dissolved or resolved the wounding inside that actually brought those two individuals together in the first place. Um, so this is this is just a very important point, and that twin photon experiment and the entanglement theory is just really a, a incredible way to introduce this idea, I think. And um, so further than that, why I think relationships are just such an important for area for us to really understand and master is that in my in my experience and my observation over the last twelve years of being a professional health and you know, wellness and longevity specialist. One of the things I've realized is that one of the biggest detriments to people's health, beyond the food, beyond environmental toxins, beyond all the, the obvious things, is actually their relationships. And one of the most powerful things for your health and your well being can be your relationships. And we find that the one place that a self embodied individual can fall short, myself included, many times. That's why I'm sharing this with you because it actually comes deep from a wellspring of my own personal experience. Is that we get entangled and we get emotionally addicted to the the um, to the, the whatever it is going on in that relationship, that relationship dynamic, which can be extremely healthy or extremely unhealthy depending on many different factors. So moving on from there, let's talk about feminine and masculine dynamics. And this is a really interesting um, theme and a really interesting thing to just talk about. I've talked to a lot of men recently um, that have had relationship problems. They've had a lot of issues. They keep going in and out of situations, but the same phenomenon keeps happening. And, um, They just can't really get a hold of it. They don't really understand how to relate with the feminine, especially the feminine rising who is in all her glorious, um, you know, Phoenix-like characteristics where there's a fire. And in a lot of the feminine feminine template in the, the culture right now. There is that fire that is that emerging out of the ashes of the old feminine template, which was much more subservient, much more um, I't say the word weak, but you could use that word much more just timid and, and subservient, you know. And some of that is actually appropriate within the correct polarity dynamic between the masculine and the feminine. but ultimately what it requires is that the woman or the feminine, must be fully integrated in her masculine templating and her feminine templating, but be dominantly anchored in her feminine, her empowered feminine, right? Not sacrificing her femininity to keep up with men, which is really the whole ethos of masculine, or uh, of feminism, really. Feminism has nothing to do with femininity, by the way. It's an entire program and a false teaching that, has really destroyed the family unit and um, disempowered women in a very indirect way where women only start to wake up from this when they reach about 40, 45, and they're beyond their procreative um, healthy years. And now they're waking up and realizing, wow, like I really just bought into an entire program. And the way that affects men and the masculine in society is equally detrimental because ultimately we're not here to compete with one another. We're here to complement one another but we can't do that if we're operating in imbalanced inner polarities and we're trying to relate with one another from a false anchor a false state of being so for the feminine being fully anchored in femininity whatever that means to you everyone's a little bit different obviously it's not a one size fits all um and then also the empowerment and the initiative and the will and the drive is the masculine integration so your own masculine as a woman can empower you so the safety of your femininity can fully bloom. But if you don't feel safe within yourself um, and you feel some kind of odds with men and masculinity, that calls for an integration of your own inner masculine to help hold the feminine in place. Now for men, Obviously, same thing, just reverse the the polarities. Um, What's happening with a lot of men right now is that there's something called andropause. So menopause, we know what that is. Well, there's an equivalent for men called andropause. This is basically where their hormones have been inverted and their testosterone, which is the primary hormone that defines a man ultimately. There's human growth hormone and that, but that ultimately testosterone defines the man, the masculine, in a biological, physical body. Um, Progesterone and estrogen define the feminine, the woman in her feminine body, biologically speaking. And then the man also is called to integrate the femininity of the lover archetype or sensuality and his own connection to his sacred sexuality and conserving his sexuality. Because if he's imbalanced then he's just going to be you know like masturbating that energy all over the place or trying to connect with as many women as possible because he can't quite he can't access really what he's trying to access which is the connection to the divine the connection to his sacred femininity within himself so there's a there's a softening and there is um yeah there's a there's a there's a there's a balancing of those polarities but that also doesn't mean for the man to become an emotional wreck and this is what we see a lot of times I definitely experienced it this happened to me on and off for a good couple years where I was just overrun with emotion so many so much healing wounds coming open. Um, different dynamics around around um, my relationship to certain women that were really there to help crack me open that, that hard shell that I had from just my, my life experiences and pain around the feminine, particularly, I, I would imagine, my mom and that kind of thing. And so there was a, a rebalancing and a reintegrating process And what happens for a lot of men in this andropause idea is that your estrogen starts to outbalance false estrogen in a lot of ways. And this is also environmentally induced through things like pesticides and plastics and um, many other compounds which are called xenoestrogens. These are false estrogen chemicals which signal – they mimic and signal – estrogen in the body to be produced, which actually transforms or transitions your, your testosterone and converts it into estrogen through a process called aromatization. And this is, um, it's just very detrimental because ultimately the masculine is the the holder of the container of civilization of our world of the feminine, really. And so, what what we're dealing with right now is we're dealing with polarity confusion and it's created identity conflicts or identity confusion as to what a man is, what a feminine, what a, what a, a woman is, all this kind of stuff, right? So what we have to do is understand the polarities of masculine and feminine and then anchor in the polarity. That's, that's correct. Now, Talking about polarity, this is the way that I've kind of just broken it down for a lot of men because you know men are simple creatures, so I just had to break it down in a way that makes sense energetically. You have stability and you have instability, you have security and you have insecurity. These are principles, these are not judgments, these are principles of polarity. So the feminine is instable, right? We might say like, oh, women are irrational. I don't that, – that is a little bit more of a judgment. But there is a truth to that because when, when, a, when a human being is operating based on emotion and they're overrun with emotion, there's no way to reason with that human being. That's why the common advice is men do not argue with women. Um, there's different reasons why that's actually true. Um, first of all, it makes you more emotional as a man and as a man – You need to be the stabilizing anchor force for instable or unstable energies, right? Um, There is a principle of order out of chaos, but there's also chaos or perceived chaos, perceived uncertainty being transformed into certainty. And in order for that alchemical transmutative process to occur, it has to be stabilized through a masculine core. You know, from the polarity perspective, we would call that, we would call masculine stability. We would call it feminine instability. And again, don't take this the wrong way because that's just the flow of the emotional riverbank. That's just how the energy represents itself oftentimes. But when a woman integrates that, that unstable energy of uncertainty can stabilize and become centered and embodied. Same thing with a man. If you're constantly so certain about everything and it's pure stability, then you become rigid and you need to open up to the mystery and that can create the the perception or the felt experience of instability. And as you continue to integrate that polarity, now you become fully stable and centered, but you're also open-minded and open-hearted to the mystery of life as well. That's how those polarities kind of act. And so we just need to understand this because there's so much judgment when it comes to men and women and fighting and, and you know, oh, they should be like this. No, they should be like this. No, there, we don't need any of that. What we need to do is understand the polarity dynamics in the hermetic principles of gender men and women are fundamentally different and we should be celebrated for our differences and complemented one another instead of competing with one another because ultimately all that external co- competition is a representation of an internal autoimmune condition waiting to happen which is inner conflict within the inner polarity so i would say if anybody is really like in that game and you're just like fighting against the other the other gender and all that You have an autoimmune condition waiting to sprout or a cancer or something like that. Um, You have to integrate those inner conflicts and those inner polarities. So when two individuals do meet up, they meet up from a place of wholeness. And that is the new emerging relationship template called sacred union or divine union. Um, that is seeking to emerge and there's only a handful of really good representations of that on the planet right now but that's the emergent possibility of a relationship and through sexual alchemy that can occur through two human beings that have integrated their own inner polarities and are meeting each other as whole beings not fragmented and trying to pull from one another for what they don't have inside. So that is... uh... That's an important thing right there and how our energy gets wrapped up and, and entangled. Now, let's move on to this idea of sexual alchemy. So there's a few different things that we'll go into and we'll see how deep we go into it. Um, so really, what my perspective th- – there's a few things that I want to lead into – And whether you're a man or woman, this is extremely important information. And for men, this is going to be much more obvious and much more applicable and much more needed in our culture. Because what has happened is that men have been taught a whole load of lies around their own sexuality and how to express that sexuality, how to relieve pressure and discomfort, opposed to cultivating and harnessing that energy that is the procreative creative energy that actually that manifests itself into an embodied individual that can create success, create whatever it is he wills to create in the world. But if he's masturbating that energy and leaking that energy regularly, he is going to end up with a host of mental, emotional and definitely physical issues that are just going to be very problematic for his health and wellness on all scales. I want, to, I want to reference the book Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. And in that book, there's a chapter called Sexual Transmutation. So this idea of sexual transmutation is basically that your sexual energy is extremely potent and powerful, and it is the source of your life force animating through your body. We call that the kundalini life force. And there is a way, there's multiple ways to harness that energy. We call that in a man, harnessing your seed. Because within the, section, the seminal fluid, the semen fluid of a man is the most concentrated source of macro and particularly micronutrients that if recycled into the man. Will help him develop his physical brain, new neuronal um, synaptic connections, neuroplasticity, um, neurogenesis. The just so many adrenal, adrenal, thyroidal hormonal health, increased testosterone. Human growth hormone, ultimately, it's, it's, it's the ability to allow your body to recover and heal just like we were when you were a kid. When you were in the juvenile state of your hormone cycle, when you were, when you were um, prepubescent, so before puberty, you were in the most vigorous, most healing, regenerative state of your life. And you were in that developmental formative years. And then typically for men, what we've learned is that when we're about 12 or 13, we start learning about um, masturbation and how to release that pressure when we come into puberty, right? There's the uh, women have their own version of this. And we've been taught so many ridiculous stories, the birds and the bees, and it's okay to watch pornography. And that's really how we got our sex education, right? Through watching pornography. I know for me, that's really the best that was the most in-detail, depth, in-depth education I got on sexuality. Other than that, it was some crude, um, censored explanation in 7th grade in sex ed, and that was it, and P-E, by my PE teacher nonetheless. <laughs> Unbelievable. So we're, we've been screwed up. We've been screwed up, to say the least. And so as men, the act of seminal retention – is a critical practice and the act of a periodic celibacy and abstinence from the impulsivity to relieve perceived built-up pressure in the body is so important and there's a lot of different factors that we could throw into this but let's just stay simple and basic right now Um, one thing I'll, I'll reference two things that I think are important just things to just things to understand Um, There is an entire movement, particularly in the online space, called the No Fap movement. And this is a movement of men that have got onto this information and have realized that through the acts of uh, habitual pornography exposure and masturbation as just this regular thing that you do once, twice, three times a day, and it's no big deal. It's just how you relieve pressure. That's what we're told. That's just how you relieve pressure. Right, But we're not taught ever how to harness the pressure, how to be with the pressure, how to be with discomfort, how to transmute and evolve that discomfort. Why are we under pressure and discomforted in the first place? We don't get any of that. We just get the, the, the Band-Aid, which has downstream effects on our, our holistic health. So this, this No Fat Movement is very fascinating. I'm so glad that it exists. It's really powerful. There's a lot of people on YouTube that are actually sharing incredible insights and um, knowledge about this. And this is basically for men to encourage them to stop, stop, ex- stop um, exercising their seed, stop masturbating as a way to avoid your own inner issues. But it actually helps you develop the power to face your inner demons, to face those inner polarity conflicts. To tap into your deeper, deeper power, and uh, so the no fat movement is pretty, pretty amazing. And then there's also a movement called MIGTEL. This is a movement called men going their own way. I find this very fascinating. There's a lot of different levels and layers to this. There's um, people that are basically there's men that have been um, in disfranchised situations, or they've um, they've quote unquote. Um, had toxic relationships, or they've gotten out of, of heavy divorce situations, and they basically feel like they've been wronged and they've been battered and abused, like many women obviously feel as well. And um, they've just gotten the, the, the bad end of the stick, and um, they're, they're recovering from that and trying to make sense of it, and realizing that there is a necessity for men at some point in their life to quote unquote go their own way. Um, Because as men, we have been enculturated and trained and conditioned to seek validation from the opposite sex. And women have also been entrained this way too. But through feminism, particularly, the indoctrination for, for women has been that women don't really need men, which is not actually true, archetypally speaking. Um, but again, it comes from the fracturing of the masculine, the feminine, not the embodied and nobled version of the man and the woman at their highest potential, the king and the queen. In other words, um, it's just like the prince and the princess really playing out and all these wounds and all these judgments and all this kind of thing. So what, what the feminism idea is that we could just take that and empower women by telling them they're just as good as men. In fact, you don't need men you are the prize and you don't need men and what that has done to men is that that has caused men to lose a sense of identity a sense of validation a sense of self self esteem and it has either caused men to become addicted to seeking gratification from women which is a which is just the worst ever because that's just a never ending a never ending distraction and never ending um path to Self deprecation and disempowerment. Um, and then the other side of it, which is the evolution, which is kind of like this whole MGTOW thing, is that, well, we don't actually need to seek validation from women. What we need to do is we need to actually go our own way for a while so we can find out who the heck are we in the first place because so many of us were raised by single women. So many of us did not have a strong masculine figure. If we did have a father, many of the fathers have been neutered. They have been feminized and they are not in their masculine core. So they were very passive. They were more estrogenic. They were very um, weak or on the flip side of that, they were like a tyrant. They were abusive. So the men growing up in that either take on those characteristics or they feel deep sympathy for their mother because of what they witnessed. And so then they become more of these feminized men that are imbalanced in their their ennobled masculine quality. And so they spend their life pandering to, to women in a way. And they never develop themselves as a strong man. And this actually becomes a repulsive quality to the feminine because ultimately, it creates this perpetuation of instability because if the man is not strong and, and bound within himself as a masculine core, and is is essentially attached to the validation of women, it's it's a very um, it's it's a repulsion type of energy. So you have attraction and repulsion. There's attraction there, but then there's a repulsion because the polarities are not opposite of one another. They're not complementary. They're actually, they're so merged on one side of the, one side of the seesaw that the woman, in order to maintain balance, has to revert to a masculine polarity, which throws her entire hormone and neurochemistry off, and she can't be embodied in her femininity, which ultimately, despite feminism and all of its stories that it tells, is not a form of empowerment, it's a disempowerment. Because the polarities get in get opposed to one another, and the biology of it is that basically the chemistry and the biological opposition creates a sympathetic stress load on both individuals because they're not operating in their intrinsic natural polarity um, of the masculine, and the feminine. So they can't complement one another. Then the the sexual polarity will the charge around that will discharge. And then all kinds of all kinds of crazy dynamics play out on the social landscape from there. So, anyways, that's a little uh, riff and rant on that. Hopefully, that makes sense. But anyways, circling back to the 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 connective thread of this is that it's extremely important as men. I can't speak for women as much. Um, th- th- there's a cycling of that energy for women, and there's a there's a re-education and a re approximation of that energy but since i'm not a woman i can't speak from an embodied state i can only speak from research and observation and what i've learned from other women you ultimately will have to study the sexual dynamics and how to how to cycle that energy for yourself which really just comes from healing the wounds and the traumas and the 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 polarity um conflicts from within for men in particular though i can speak very much to this which is cycling your seminal energy and understanding that every time you release particularly through pornography or external stimuli then you are setting yourself for a set of behaviors and patterns that are um that have a lot of or just very problematic and we're i'm going to go into that in a minute here so When you can actually harness that energy, which we call the kundalini life force, which is like a coiled serpent at the base of the spine. When you can start to open that energy up and tap into that energy through breath work, through meditation, through clean diet, through movement practices of different kind, yogic practices, getting connected in nature all the things that we've talked about up to this point, when you can harness your optimizing energy, it does optimize you. You become a more empowered, more confident, more certain character. You become more focused. You become more disciplined by virtue of the discipline that it takes to reroute those relieving patterns of just masturbating your energy away. And by the way, that connects to your financial health and your ability to create financial abundance because the energy of sex and the energy the sexuality and the energy of money are very much the same energy it's a current it's a currency of energy that must continue to flow not get blocked up and a lot of times when that energy gets blocked up for men their immediate reaction is to relieve that pressure you don't want to do that right away you want to delay immediate gratification, and go into your system through meditation and breath work, feel where the block is, and help raise that that kundalini energy to pop out of the chakra pathway system, so you can raise that energy into the heart. And the heart will transmute any stuck energy, any, any, um, any energy associated with pain, or discomfort, or wounding, or whatever the case may be. And something else I want to bring here when we talk about sexual health, the Kundalini life force, particularly your sexual fluids, are related to the energetics of Jing and Ojas, which we've talked about um, from the Ayurvedic and the Chinese medicine perspective. This is your life force, your primordial life force. And when you let it go so often, then you are releasing your life force. And there is so many things to be said about seminal fluid, the the stem cells that are in there, the the microtrace minerals that are in there, all the different, the, the enzymes, the amino acids, the fatty acids, the DHA. If you can learn to harness this energy and use it and mobilize it, you can recirculate all of those nutrients back into yourself instead of losing it and depleting your system of all that vital nutrition um so this is this is stuff that like i'm not going to go too deep into this i've already feel like i've gone pretty deep and and pretty descriptive of this um i would study study i would i would advise studying the work of someone like montauk chia ...that has been doing this work and is the world-leading authority on this. He's been doing it for over 45 years, maybe longer. This is really his life path. And um, he can really take people through those, those principles in, pra- in practical terms and how to apply them. I just want to give you some perspectives here on how to optimize your sexuality and sexual alchemy. Things that we all need to be aware of as conscious, evolving beings... So sexual health related to our nutrition programs, our lifestyle, sleep is critical. Our hormone balance, cleansing and detoxing quarterly at least, all these things are critically important for sexual health. Another thing that I want to I want to point out is energetic hygiene and just maintaining energetic hygiene throughout the day, the same thing when you brush your teeth, you take a shower every day clear your energy field every day through meditation, breath work, whatever that looks like for you, in the morning in the evening, maybe in the afternoon and um, there's different ways to do that with with prior partners and and all that kind of thing it's just an important thing to understand important thing to be aware of energetic hygiene and being aware of the energetic hygiene of the other individual that you're thinking about getting involved with Okay. So the very last thing that I want to dive into with you here is pornography. And uh, for the record, I want to say that pornography is, it is a weaponized, it is become a, a sexual weaponized tool to demasculinate men and corrupt the sacred sexual template of between men and women. And there is a ton of neuroscience that, that shows you direct evidence of what high-speed online pornography is doing to the brain. They've done brain imaging scans to show that the brain of a porn user, a habitual porn user, is almost identical to the brain of a heroin addict. This is absolutely wild stuff. And we're going to dive a little bit into why that is. It's basically, it's basically like any, any addiction there is very common themes that are happening neurologically, biologically, um, psychologically, and emotionally with any kind of addictive, compulsive um, behavior that drives the dopamine pathways, the dopaminergic system that creates a dopamine stimulation there are fundamental commonalities that have been shown across the board. So pornography is an interesting one because it seems to be one of the most primal and one of the most stimulatory driving addictive behaviors. It may be even more damaging long term than some of these substance, um, these substance um, addictions that we've talked about. With heroin and with with other like street drugs, pharmaceutical drugs, which are all equally destructive and very in very obvious ways, but pornography is an interesting one because the effects of porn addiction are not obvious. When you walk into society, I guarantee you, there are a ton of people you are coming up against that have porn addictions, that have compulsive porn addictions, that that's their their medium for relieving pressure, um, getting that dopamine pleasure reward sensation. Um, but they're not, it's not obvious. You can't really tell when you're walking around like, oh, that's a porn addict. But when you're walking across the street and you see someone who's homeless, someone who is on the, someone who's clearly wrecked their life and who's on drugs, that's much more obvious. You can see like the effects of a, a substance drug, um, Addiction versus like a pornography addiction that actually only plays out more obviously in the interpersonal um, relationship dynamic. But there are symptoms, there are very clear symptoms. Every man knows this when I start talking about it. Um, But for women, this is not obvious, and it's something that should be put on the table when you're getting involved or talking about getting involved with somebody. And it should be talked about with compassion and understanding, not with judgment and shame, because these are also things that reinforce the addictive cycle, which I'm going to talk about in a minute. But this is a very um, a very vulnerable and a very tender and delicate thing, because I guarantee no man that has the compulsion to watch porn secretly deep down actually wants to do it. But because of in his formative years, particularly in the juvenile stage of development as an adolescent, those neuropathways have been set because of the neuroplasticity of the brain and that strong, powerful dopaminergic stimulation. Those pathways got wired. Neurons that fire together wire together. So those pathways have been wired. That circuitry is primed for that behavior and that pleasure and reward stimulation maybe they didn't get that reward or that that acknowledgement or the the sense of achievement and satisfaction from sports or academics or from their parents so they had to seek the reward sy- system in the brain a different way pornography masturbation through pornography in particular is the most powerful way to to hack the the that reward system and to get that stimulation right away, which leads to so many different um, issues and problems down the road in relationships in particular empathy, the ability to truly para bond emotionally with another being, etc. etc. Um, yeah. So this is just something we need to understand. This is running rampant in our society, and there are a lot of different. Um, a lot of different organizations, a lot of different experts now coming out talking about that. There is a, a book called Your Brain on Porn, which really documents in great detail exactly what I said, that the brain imaging scans have shown that the brain of a porn user is not that different than the brain of a heroin addict. That is absolutely wild. Now, I'm going to get into some other things, but I want to talk about a few things that are related to what I was talking about with the whole no fat movement, the MGTOW movement to some certain degree, which can be kind of wrapped up together. Um, And then also this idea of seminal retention. Now, I'm going to talk about something that every man knows for sure. If you're listening to this and you're a man and you're still listening to this talk, you know what I'm saying is true. There are psychologically damaging effects of excess porn, not only does it distort and corrupt our perceptual relationship with the feminine, that is that is a monumental issue right there, right? Um, but it also creates psycho-emotional damage, shame, guilt, self-esteem, confidence, and self-respect issues, the inability to delay gratification and to develop discipline in regulating our own impulses. I have noticed when I was really in my early 20s and I didn't think anything of it, of course, and I stumbled upon porn on the internet. I was also in a relationship, which was interesting. You can be in a relationship with someone who is excessively watching porn and they're not going to tell you about it and that is their outlet for whatever they're they're not getting in the bedroom or more, more to the point. It's actually not even that. That's what people think it is. It's not even that it's an emotional lack of fulfillment. There's an emotional void and that, that dopamine stimulation, that pleasure reward system in the brain overrides the, the, the dissatisfaction that that person is experiencing the melancholy, the melancholy, whatever the case is, And it immediately stimulates that person to feel good temporarily with with down but with with extreme depleting um, effects later on. So all these things, the shame, the guilt, the lack of self-esteem, the lack of confidence, the lack of self-respect, and again, the inability to delay gratification. Success in anything is built on the principle of delayed gratification. And if you don't discipline your ability in regulating your immediate impulses, you become a slave. You are an addict. That is what it is. And when I say that, I'm not saying you listening to this are an addict or judging. I'm saying we have all been in the cycle of addiction. If you've been in this society, we have all been in the cycle of addiction. And pornography is just one of those things that is just shoot under the rug and there's another thing that comes along with pornography for men, which is something called porn-induced erectile dysfunction. Porn-induced erectile dysfunction. This is this is a good explanation for why there is so many erectile dysfunction issues in in men. This should not be happening. Um, yes, there's the xenoestrogen issue. There's the hormone issue. There's all that, and none of those are as powerful as a down-regulating, long-term down-regulating erectile dysfunctional situation as excessive porn. What ends up, what's happening is that in your brain, you have something called mirror neurons. So th- there's two points to this. You have mirror neurons. So when you are watching that highly charged, deeply unrealistic, um, deeply disconnected, emotionally disconnected act, whatever whatever your flavor is, whatever the act of that is going on, your mirror neurons in your brain are experiencing, physiologically experiencing what you're watching as if you were experiencing it yourself, right? This triggers an entire cascade of neurochemicals and particularly dopamine that can set us up for some real physiological issues particularly the stimulation of a normal sexual encounter and the response to have an erection if you have highly charged and primed your neurology which is connected to the physiology of your let's say your penis in this case it's not just a blood flow issue okay it's actually a neuroimagery issue where the association – you're basically just not as stimulated. Let's just put it that way in simple terms. You're not as stimulated in a normal sexual encounter. So you're not able to get it up. You need to watch porn. You need to do excessive things in order to feel that natural arousal that you would normally feel um, you know, without a woman even having to get undressed right? That would be a normal anticipatory response. And the dopamine stimulation is not just the act itself. The dopamine is triggered based on the anticipation of the experience itself. Now, you have a flood of chemicals, including dopamine, that occur when you have an orgasm, but the dopamine is really most most potentized in the anticipation to the act itself. And then you have the release, all those chemicals subside. And oftentimes people feel embarrassed and they try to get out of the situation that they got themselves into because they were essentially an addict to their emotions and the chemistry and their immediate reward centers. This is, this is what's happening. This is exactly what's happening. And last thing I want to mention on this point is that the pain pleasure punishment reward system is a very important thing for all of us to understand not just with pornography and sexuality but with all addictive tendencies because one of the things about your sexual energy is that it's a regulatory current of energy that if you learn to regulate it you regulate your impulses and you harness and cycle that powerful life force energy within you and you learn to direct it into activities that are going to be growth-enhancing, that are going to support you in your goals, you are going to be so much more powerful, more focused, more confident. Your self-respect and self-esteem will go up. Every time you overcome those, those pleasure centers in the brain and you adapt to feeling temporary discomfort and temporary pain, which goes away very quickly, then you develop self respect and self esteem. Your confidence goes up and you become magnetic. If you're excessively depleting yourself, you lose your inner magnetism and you're not able to attract experiences, um, people the opposite sex. You're not able to a- attract opportunities in your career. You can't hold on to money because you're leaking your energy and there's a deep, Connection between spending money excessively and spending your life force energy excessively—they are intertwined. I guarantee your impulses to spend money are the same impulses you have to masturbate if you're a man. Again, if you're a woman, it might be a little bit different. It probably it's probably more externalized because men can release that energy of them, themselves a lot easier. For women, a lot of times it looks like promiscuous. It looks like promiscuous promiscuity. Why can't I say that word? You know what I'm trying to say. It looks like, you know, um, attracting multiple sexual partners in the name of, quote-unquote, sexual liberation. So this is really important for all of us to understand. The last thing I'll mention about the dopamine pathway reward system is that this is the access point for us to develop our greatest power. Because ultimately, Oh, so I was just checking if it was still recording. So ultimately, dopamine locks in the habitual pattern of the addictive behavior itself, always seeking that immediate gratification, that immediate um, pleasure in order to override temporary discomfort. Now, if you understand that in order to experience pleasure – or, I should say it this way in order to have a reward, and the whole point of a reward or achievement or achieving a goal is that it requires us to go through a process of growth or trans transformation. There's an initiation. If we can hack that system and just get gratification out of the gateway anytime we desire it, we weaken ourselves and we actually are hijacking. The natural reward system that's based on enduring temporary discomfort. Um, that's why taking a stoic aesthetic perspective to sexuality is actually really important. And I want to say that I totally, I totally resonate with sexual liberation and, and women's rights, men's rights, human rights. To do whatever it is that we want to do, as long as it feels in alignment with our heart and our soul, and we're conscious enough to make the healthy decisions that are going to be supportive and healthy are not based on emotional reactivity and wound patterns and to avoid our, our trauma but are based on the healing of our trauma, based on empowerment and also require us to step up and overcome prior aspects of ourselves. because when we do that, then whatever reward or achievement that we get it's an enduring experience, and something that we can we can repeat. And uh, it's something that's satisfying. It's something that's rewarding, right? And it helps us become a better person. It doesn't weaken us and cause us to lose that valuable self-respect. That is um, one of the biggest issues in our civilization right now, and this is only one of the main main reasons why that is. So. Uh, that That is a perfect place to conclude this. I would say if this really resonates with you and you do have um, challenges with pornography, sexual um, compulsions, things of this nature, this is very real. This is all very real. None of this should be frowned upon or looked with shame or anything. This is just something we need to get a handle on and understand how to evolve out of the social engineering that we have been um, domesticated through And, um, you know, just just look into it. There's so much information now on how to – take care of yourself, how to rebound, how not to relapse when, you know, you're going through the self-empowerment process in the, the withdrawal process. If you're getting off porn, you've been on it for a while, there will be withdrawal symptoms. If you've been attaching to other people for emotional validation, when you separate yourself and you go into more of a stoic space of self-identification and self-exploration There will be withdrawal symptoms, so don't be confused about that. Just expect it so you can process that emotional content and whatever comes up for you in a space that's safe. If you need to communicate some of these things that you've been holding in the closet with a partner, I really recommend that you do that in a space that feels safe or communicate with somebody, maybe another man, another woman. Um... So you can integrate the polarities that have been um, disintegrated, that have been compartmentalized, that have been shooed underneath the rug. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to end it right there. I hope that this episode was valuable. This is a vulnerable one. This one, most people would not go here. Um, but I had to go here. If we're going to talk about life force principles and we're going to really talk about maximizing and optimizing our human experience, this is one of the most por- potent portals to do it. And uh, it may be a taboo topic for some, but it's just really part of the human experience to me at this point. And um, no different than talking about a heroin addiction if we're talking about, um, or a pharmaceutical addiction if we're talking about pornography. And the polarity perspective on masculine femininity is super, super critical in understanding how we have been socially conditioned as men and as women to compete with one another and create inner division within ourselves. when ultimately the healing of the planet is going to come through sacred union and sacred sexuality matured into healthy spiritual energy that can be directed into creating the new world, not... Breaking down the possibility of a new world by perpetuating old behaviors and patterns of division and conflict and competition. So, again, hope you enjoyed this episode. Take care of yourself, take care of each other, and uh, look forward to the next series, which is the mind body connection. You are going to be absolutely blown away by what we go into and um, can't wait. So, we'll connect on the next episode.